Let's open to, uh, again, to Hebrews 11, please. Hebrews 11, and we'll look at verses 5 and 6, and you can just remain seated. I'm going to read those for you. Oh, we'll read them together. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Everybody there? Y'all still finding it? I see some pages still turning. Go towards the back of the Bible. (laughs) Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Praise God. And if, if your Bible doesn't have Hebrews, it's on the screen. <laughs> Pastor, I was searching. I couldn't find Hebrews. Well, may, maybe you got an irregular Bible from the... <laughs> it was, that's why I was on Clarence. Okay. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Let's read it together. Ready, read. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're talking tonight on this is part three, faith that pleases God. Faith that pleases God. God. Father God, tonight, thank you for your word that you've given us. I pray, Father, that you give us hearing ears, seeing eyes, and hearts to receive your word tonight. And I pray, Father, that God, as you speak to us, Father, Lord, that the word will do in us what you sent it to do, that God will be those that, the kind of people that you're looking for in the earth, those who have faith and live by faith. So bless us now in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Faith that pleases God. All right, now we're, we're, we're blessed in this church, I believe. Uh, in fact, I know it, to be in a, in a prophetic house. Uh, under, under prophetic covering, prophetic watch. Uh, church that in regular preaching and teaching and when we have meetings and so forth, uh, God always brings us in, into sync with him with what he's doing, what he's saying, how he's moving in the earth. He says over in, in, uh, I believe it's Amos 3, right around verse 7, that God does nothing in the earth except he reveals it to his servants, to to the prophets first, right? And so whatever God's doing and saying, he reveals it to his people. Amen? So you and I can know what God is doing. Hallelujah. We can hear what God is doing. But just to hear what God is doing doesn't get us where we receive it if we don't put our faith in what God has said. Put our faith in God. So I think it's very critical in this time, and I know, you know, I kind of usually with all the messages God gives me, I always plan on, you know, preaching it one one session, and they sort of extend into more multiple sessions, but I think it's okay, uh, hopefully to you, that we take our time and really let this develop. Because faith is such an important issue. In fact, uh, 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 Dad Durb was telling me that how, how you know, they, he and Mom spent all last year, uh, the last couple of years really, teaching on their uh, Wake to Righteousness uh, devotional. And God said, this year, don't teach on that. This year, teach on faith. I mean, you're like, but faith is so basic. Yeah, but people think they're in faith. And you find out that they're not in faith. Put up a... Let's see. Let's try. Is there a 2 Corinthians 13? Is there, is there a chapter 13? That's what just came to me. There is none. Is there? 
Okay, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. I want to make sure I get the, first, get the street right before I hit the house. Okay. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Notice what, what Paul says here. He says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So you can't just say you're in faith or in the faith without doing an examination. You know how they get people to do these self-examinations? Self-tests? Check areas of your body? Well, he says you need to examine yourself and see whether you're in the faith. We could also say see whether you're in faith. Because just to think you're in faith, just to say you're in faith doesn't mean you're in faith. Hallelujah. You've ever, if you've ever done anything and said, well, I'm, I'm doing this by faith, and you don't get any results, you were not in faith. I'm going to come on back on this side. If you've ever worked on something, launched out on something, and said, I'm doing this in faith, and nothing happened, you were not in faith. Because faith always works. Faith always works. Well, I had opposition. Opposition cannot stop faith. Faith always works. Hallelujah. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he's committing his sins, it's James chapter 5, the Lord will raise him up. All from the prayer of faith. So faith always works. If you come in a prayer line for healing and you release your faith, healing comes. Well, I didn't feel like I, I was healed. Well, it doesn't matter. Faith doesn't go by how you feel. Faith always works. And so I believe it's important to God, obviously, to have us uh, sort of uh, shore up our faith a little more. Hallelujah. To make sure we are in faith this year because God has given us some exceeding great and precious promises this year. The only way you and I are going to step into those things is by using our faith. Amen? Now, we, we saw, uh, we've been going through this, and I don't want to delve into this too much, about how Abraham uh, walked by faith. The Bible calls Abraham the father of faith, right? And how he saw his miracle receiving that child when they were past the age because he took God at his word. That's really what faith is, is taking God at his word. Right? We saw Romans 5, Romans 4, rather. Uh, we were in like verse 17 through 21, something like that. I don't have, to go, I have time to go through all that. But we see that Abraham, he ignored the facts. He didn't consider his own body. He didn't, didn't consider the age. He didn't consider, he didn't consider Sarah's body. Yes. Right? Yes. But he uh, was fully convinced, giving glory to God. Yes. Or strengthening the faith, rather, giving glory to God. Being fully convinced that what God said, he was able also to perform. So we talked about how you have to be fully convinced. Faith is you're fully convinced. Thank you, Lord. Put up uh, Mark 11 and 23. Mark 11, 23. Y'all know this one, don't you? I got three yes sirs. Y'all know this one, don't you? That's six. Y'all know this one, don't you? Okay. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice it says, does not doubt in his heart. Not in his mind, in his heart. 
Faith is not in your mind. Faith is in your heart. So doubt thoughts may come to your mind. But that's not your thought. If your heart is fully convinced, if your heart is uh, full of faith, then your, the faith in your heart will push out those thoughts of doubt. So don't throw in the towel just because a doubt thought came. That's not your thought. What you do is make sure you don't take thought saying. Right? Matthew 6, 25. Matthew 6, 31. Take no, in King James, take no thought saying. Right? So you don't, just because a thought comes, don't, you, don't, you don't take it, don't say it. No, what you do is you keep saying what you said. You say to that mountain, be removed. Because he said, you will have whatever you say. So don't start saying something different than what you believe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm getting, I'm going all over the place where praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Um, now, we talked about Abraham being fully convinced. Okay, because that's what has to happen for, for you and me is to make up our minds, get our, because our hearts got it, we got to get our minds in tune, in sync. Right? Okay. Now, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 10, please. Because what we saw, we remember we read on uh, last Wednesday that Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. So we know that faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. This is what we're talking about, the, the faith that pleases God, right? Faith pleases God. We know from Hebrews 10, it says if your soul draw, if you, if you draw back, my soul has no pleasure with you. Right? So he says, 35, don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Right? So we're talking about here, when you stay in faith, faith pleases God. He has no pleasure in people who do not stay, get in and stay in faith. Thank you, Lord. Is this the Wednesday night group here? I need to know. Okay. So if you, if you got a faith, you, you begin to, to disappoint God. You begin to kind of make God feel some kind of way. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because, okay, well, I'm going to show you something here in, in a little bit. Okay. First Corinthians 10, okay, because God is well pleased when you and I please him. When you and I believe his word, rather. Okay, First Corinthians 10, let me get there. Look at this, verse 1. Says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware or ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into, the, into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now notice this, again, what he's saying here. When he's talking about the cloud, he's talking about the cloud that God sent ahead of them. It's really the presence of God, an angel going before him, before them. He said, and they were all under the cloud. They all saw this same cloud follow them. Not talking about a cloud of day. He's talking about a cloud of God's presence was, was leading them. They all passed through the sea. All of them went through there. They saw the children of Israel, right? They all crossed the Red Sea. Saw a, saw a miracle, saw a sign, saw a wonder. 
right before our eyes. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. When you, the Red Sea was a prototype or antitype, rather, of, of, of baptism. Okay? Verse 3, all ate the same spiritual food, manna. All ate the same spiritual, I'm sorry, drank the same spiritual drink, water out of the rocks. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. They all experienced that. Verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. <laughs> so they all saw God's power. They all saw God's glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Put up um, Psalm 78, verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. Keep your finger right there. Psalm 78, verse 41. This is God. You just read 78, and God is, he's, he's laying out how it was for them in the wilderness, how they, on this trek from Egypt, to the promised land. And verse 41, he says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You go back and read, they, they, they kept asking, can God make a table in the wilderness? Can God give us meat also? In other words, they kept, they saw God's hand, but they would not, they would not apply their faith to believe God would do what he said he would do. They kept questioning God. They kept questioning God's ability, and they kept questioning God, God's uh, his intent. They kept questioning God, uh, his, his, his power to bring them into the promised land. Every step of the way. So you read here 1 Corinthians 10, verse 5, it says, But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Why? They were not in faith. As a result, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, them being scattered is not what made him displeased. Them being scattered is the result of him not being pleased. They died in the wilderness because they would not walk by faith. They would not stay in faith. Can y'all hear this tonight? Okay, let's marry that with Hebrews chapter 3, please. Go to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. Can you say hallelujah? Hebrews 3. Thank you, Lord. I believe this is the hour of faith works. This is the hour where people who, who will walk by faith will see the hand of God in extraordinary ways. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? What I'm talking about is, is because everything else around us in this natural system is going crazy. It's going crazy. And you're going to have to use your faith if you're going to even make it in this world today. Hallelujah. Let alone do great signs and great wonders. Because, man, think about this. We're in a time even now in the natural where, there's, where technology is making so many advancements that people are now putting their faith more in technology than they are in God. We're now, rather than the church re relying on laying hands on the sick and the sick recovering, rather than the church uh, laying hands on, on the deaf and the deaf here, now people are all about ocular implants. Yes. 
Praise God for ocular implants. Praise God that technology is out there that can give somebody who's never heard an ability to hear. But that does not give glory to God. And God doesn't want people, thank you, Lord. He doesn't want our faith to be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Glory to God. Well, whose faith, whose faith is going to be on display? Not the world's. It's got to be you and me. So you and I have to begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Live by faith. Do things by faith. Hallelujah. I don't care if you never walked by faith a day in your life. It's time right now, today, to start walking by faith. Doing things by faith. Because faith pleases God. Hallelujah. Where did I tell y'all to go? Okay, Hebrews 3. Look at verse 16. Hebrews 3 and verse 16. Remember we just read back in 1 Corinthians 10 that God was not well pleased with them and their bodies or for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Even though they saw the work, the works of God, right? Look at verse 16 of, of Hebrews 3. For who, having heard, rebelled... Now you go back and read that whole chapter. It's talking about the children of Israel. These same people we're talking, that we read about in 1 Corinthians 10. Okay? He says, for who having heard, having heard, how does faith come? By hearing. How should they hear? How, how should they believe in him they've not heard? So you got to hear first. And the expectation is that when you hear, you now believe. So for who having heard, rebelled. So they heard, but they rebelled. Just like people come to church every Sunday and hear, but they rebel. They're going to still do it by their way, with their own ideas, the natural man's way of doing things. And God is saying, hey, time out for that. I'm looking for people who are going to switch over to my system and do things my way. Just do what I tell you to do. Take me at my word. For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now, now with whom was he angry? Forty years. Was it not those who sinned? Here it is, whose corpses fell? Same people we're talking about, right? Verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey, so we see, so we see that they could not enter in because of lack of faith, unbelief. They saw, they heard, they passed under the same cloud, through the same sea, drank the same spiritual drink, ate the same spiritual food. And they heard God, but didn't believe. Heard God and disobeyed. Heard God and rebelled. So they could not enter in the promised land because of unbelief, because of a lack of faith. Do y'all see that in verse 19? Can I keep going, please? Chapter 4. Turn your page or look at, look at the next side. Chapter 4. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering rest, Let's us fear, I'm sorry, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So he's saying, now, now I'm bringing this up to date now. So you and I have a rest that we're supposed to be going into. 
The same way they had a rest that they were supposed to enter into and didn't make it. He said, we have a rest. It's the rest of God. It's the rest of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I should go into that a whole lot more. Verse 2, for indeed, here it is again. Y'all heard this last week. The gospel was preached to, gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Y'all got that? All right. So the reason why those people did not enter into rest, the reason why they, they were scattered in the wilderness, the reason why God was not well pleased was because they did not mix the word with faith. Well, God's just be happy I'm coming to church. <laughs> oh, my dear friend. No. The devil goes to church. The devil goes to church. But you know what the Bible said about devils, demons? James said demons believe and tremble. In other words, demons outdo some Christians. I don't like more than James. James says that. He says, he says, demons believe. I can get stuck all over there. He says, even the demons, they believe and tremble. So in other words, demons have a response to the word. And they respond better than some Christians. Some Christians don't tremble at the word. And the Bible says we should tremble at his word. In other words, the word, when you get a word from God, it has an effect on your whole person. We should tremble, not tremble out of fear, but tremble out of a respect and a reverence and an honor for the word of God. Glory to God. Boy, I could go somewhere on that here. But I'm going to tell you, this is what's happened. It, it, one, one of the problems is in this Western church culture, the Western church culture, Western world church culture, doesn't have a reverence for God, his word, or the man of God. They treat the man of God like he's anybody, like he's Joe Smoe from down by the liquor store. Treat the word of God like it's Tampa Bay Times. Not the word of the living God. And the man of God as the messenger, as an oracle of God. And because of that, the Western world church doesn't get the results that many over there in these what we call third world countries, second world countries are moving right on past Western world Christians because we can take it or leave it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that's not you, right? I said, that's not you, right? Hallelujah. When I hear the word, I mix the word with faith. Okay, because God's looking for faith. I'm telling you, but God's looking for faith. In other words, he wants to know who's going to take him at his word in 2022. 
I mean, we've heard that this is a year of turnarounds. Who's going to take him at his word? This is a year of wonderful works. Who's going to take God at his word? A year of divine arrangements. Who's going to take God at his word? Who will believe that God said something and it must be true if God said it? That if he said it, I'm now looking. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for a turnaround. I'm looking for a divine arrangement. I'm looking for a wonderful work. I'm not just kind of cruising through like, no, I'm, I'm expecting every day something's going to turn around in my life. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, this, this apathetic attitude towards the word in the Western, this Western, this cold church culture we have. It's a very cold church culture concerning the word of God. Well, I'm just, I don't just really, really get excited. I don't get excited. Well, you better get excited. At least receive the word with gladness. At least do what that, what that uh, way the thorny ground does. At least receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then keep working it, working it down your mind into your spirit yes. working it down yes. working it down yes, out of your mind from mental ascent down into your spirit yes. so it produces something in your life yes. you gotta work the word <laughs> tell your name you gotta work the word <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you gotta work the word hallelujah thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all right to get excited. It's good to get excited. To let your soul get excited, delight about the word of God. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so God's looking for faith. Okay? In Isaiah 53, verse 1, y'all know, know this very well. Isaiah 53, verse 1. When... It says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, I saw this scripture uh, this past weekend. In fact, uh, I went over and I found it in the Living Bible. And it excited me when I saw the Living Bible. In fact, I sent it over to uh, Dad because I knew he was preaching on few. I said, hey, you need to use this. You know, I didn't tell him to use it. You know, I can't tell him what to use it, but I was like, this is nice, you know. And uh, he ended up using it preaching Sunday night. I don't know if y'all heard that. But look at this in the Living Bible, the same verse. It says, but oh, how few believe it. In other words, here comes the word, but it says, oh, how few believe it. Who will listen? To whom will God reveal his saving power? You know who's going to reveal his saving power to? The few who believe it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I, I, I'm not shocked when a few believe it. Because that's what, really how it works. How few believe it. How few believe God's report. How few believe God's prophetic word. And then it'll be all those ones who are in the many who are not the ones who believe it, who'll be the ones say, well, this stuff don't work. No, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. You thought, you thought somebody just 
spewing something out of their lips. <laughs> Praise God. So the few are the ones who are going to get the turnarounds this year. Hallelujah. Now, go over to Romans 3. Go over to Romans 3. Because I don't want you to be a part of the few. Because here's what is really happening. If you're not a part of the few, then you're part of the many, watch this, who are calling God a liar. How few believe it. If, if uh, let me use Caleb for example. If Caleb came uh, after church and told me uh, something that happened at work, and I said, man, I don't believe that. What am I saying? I'm calling him a liar. No, I'm just saying that, that story is just kind of far-fetched. No, you're calling him a liar. No matter how true it is, if I don't believe him, I'm calling him a liar. And I can guarantee him it will make him feel some kind of way. To the point that he probably would not come and tell me anything else. God, I don't, see, like I don't hear your voice because you don't believe the last thing I told you. I sent the man of God, I sent the woman of God to tell you something, and you, you act like they were just talking about Super Bowl or something. And God doesn't take well to being called a liar. <laughs> you see? Boy, that's, that's heavy, but uh, I know y'all can handle it. Y'all are the right crew to handle it. Thank you, Lord. See, the few believe it, the rest call him a liar. In reality, listen to this. If you don't act on God's word, you're calling him a liar. No, he says, I'm not calling him a liar. I just, I, just, I just don't believe him. Well, you're calling him a liar. What's the difference? No, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to work on that. I got to work on that. Yes. Those of you people say that, I got to, I got to work on that. You know, I got, I got, I got to go on and work, work with that. When God said it, you got to go on and work with it. See, we, we, we've even used that even in this church. I heard people in this church use that. Well, I got, I got to go on and work on that. But wait a minute. Did God say it or not? You and I don't get to go work on what God said. If I tell my child, you better be home by 9 o'clock, I'm going to lock you out this door, they don't have the right to go home and work on it, go somewhere and work on it, let me go and work on that, see if I, try me. My, my older brothers, my older brother, uh, William, somebody I know, Pastor William, and then my, my other brother, Warren, Elder Warren, he's preached here. Both of them are preached here. And, uh, you know, I'm glad, you know, they're, they're quite a bit older than I am. 
I'm 50. My uh, William turns, I think, 63, 63, 64 this year, something like that. And uh, so they're, you know, different age bracket than I am. And uh, I wasn't of the dating age when my parents were alive. But I, I heard the stories about them that they would go out and, you know, my dad would give a certain time you got to be home. And they decided to uh, push the envelope. And they had to stay outside. Because my daddy gave a time, he meant that time. Oh, you thought I wasn't going to do it, huh? You thought I was lying. And that's what I want us to see. That's really what we're saying when God says, uh, I'm the God that healeth thee. But we act as if we're going to die. What we're saying is he's a liar. He says, I'll supply all your needs. And then we act as if, oh, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it. What we're saying is he's a liar. Now, I know, I know we're not really saying out of our mouths, but what I'm saying is our actions are demonstrating. Actions speak louder than words. That's it. Actions speak louder than words. You see? I don't ever want to be guilty of calling God a liar or deem, even deeming him or treating him like a liar. I don't even like to call God an incredible God. You know, people sing the songs, incredible God deserves incredible praise. No, 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 I don't, don't sing that here. Because the word incredible means unbelievable. That's what incredible. Somebody said that's an incredible story. It means that's, in, that's unbelievable or very hard to believe. And I dare not call God unbelievable or hard to believe. God is the most credible, the most credible person, if you allow that, in the whole universe. The Bible, in fact, your Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Another, another place it says, God who cannot lie. He cannot. So whatever God says, it is the truth. You and I have to behave as if it's the truth. Okay? Now, we're not going to be part of the many, right? We're going to be part of the few. Now, let's look at what happens with the many. Look at Romans 3 and verse 3 and 4 in the Amplified Classic. It says here, what if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithfulness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fidelity to his word? No. I'm going to answer this for you. If people lack faith in God, it does not nullify God's word. That means if Everybody on this road believes God, and the rest of us in this church don't believe God. It doesn't nullify God's word. The few who believe it will see the manifestation. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, verse 4 says, by no means. You cannot nullify and void God's word by your unbelief. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of y'all believe there's a heaven? Yes. And a hell? Yes. Do you know that millions of people don't believe that that's true? Yes. 
But does their unbelief get rid of heaven and hell? No. Sir. <laughs> no. Uh -uh. It's just as real as the nose on your face. By no means. Watch this, verse 4. Let God be found true, though every human being is false and a liar. Now, hopefully you all don't walk around as liars, but what he's saying is, if your words contradict God's words, he's true, and you're a liar. Glory to God. So don't say I'm not healed. Oh, man. Don't say I'm not prosperous. Don't say I'm not blessed. No, you just, you, you're a liar. God is true. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Stop lying and start agreeing with God. I know some of y'all don't like that word lying. You grew up, you couldn't say the word lie. told a story, told an untruth, told a fib. Okay, well, you're a fibber then. But the Bible says lie, okay? That you may be, may be justified, this is that God may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful men. This is about God being judged by sinful men. Look at that same verse. Listen to this in the CEV, verse 3 and 4, Romans 3, in the contemporary English version. Look what it says here. It is true that some of them, the same people we talk about here, did not believe the message. But does this mean that God cannot be trusted just because they did not have faith? No, indeed. God tells the truth even if everyone else is a liar. The scripture said about God, this is about God, your words will be proven true and in court you will win your case. In other words, when all is said and done, when everything is, all the judgment, the gavel has come down, it's going to be found that God will have been telling the truth the whole time. Hallelujah. So we might as well switch and start saying whatever God said. That's what confession is. Confession is not coming up with your own word. Confession is homologio. It's saying the same thing God said because whatever God said, it is true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's why you can't just go around confessing what you want to confess. Confessing what you want to confess doesn't make things happen. You got to confess what God said because it's the truth. Y'all got it? Okay, let's creep on here. Let's creep on here. Because we're talking about this faith that pleases God. Let's go back to Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6 here. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Thank you, Lord. Your faith can do some stuff, boy. Your faith can make you whole. <laughs> In every way. Your faith is powerful. Faith is the currency of heaven. It's the currency of heaven. You know, the dollar is going crazy here in America. You understand that? It's losing its value more and more every day. That's why gas, I went to pump up gas up today, and I think I paid $4.35 a gallon. Like, what in the world is that? What in the world? Four thirty-nine. 
Yeah, I mean, you, what, what you gonna do? Skateboard? No, you're just gonna put some gas in the car. <laughs> now, what's happening all, all over the world is that currencies are being manipulated. That's what happened. Currencies are being manipulated to crash values. What's happening across the, across the world is now nations are starting to come up with their own uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. China's already been working on theirs. The U.S. is now in the talks to come up with their own Fed cryptocurrency, U.S. currency. Everybody's trying to get in on it, the nations, because they're all tending towards this world, one world economy. One world currency. That's what everybody's tending towards. What the Bible says is true is true. <laughs> Glory to God. So you and I got to switch our currency because we can't depend on the, that currency. We've got to switch to this currency of faith. This currency of faith. Hallelujah. Because your faith can afford anything. Do y'all hear that? All right, Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. Faith can afford anything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mean, how did the children of Israel eventually get cities that they, did, that they didn't build, houses full of all good things that they did not provide, hewn out wells that they did not dig, vineyards that they did not plant? Money? No. Faith. The ones who weren't in faith died in the wilderness. The ones who were in faith entered into the promised land. See, faith, get all that stuff. And it has not changed. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 5 and 6. It's talking about this gentleman here, Enoch. Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. It was not found because God had taken him. For he, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Again, the beginning of it says, by faith, Enoch. The end of it says he pleased God. So it's his faith that pleased God. His walk of faith that pleased God. That's why I'm teaching on faith that pleases God. You got it? In fact, if you were to add verse 6, it's going to tell you that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Okay? So, so uh, Enoch had faith. He pleased God. How did he please God? He believed God. He believed God. Now, who was Enoch? Who was Enoch? Now, we, there's no book of Enoch. Let me help some of y'all people who are reading all these books of Eli and books of Enoch, the lost books. The Holy Spirit was very careful to give us what's called the canon of Scripture. And the reason why those other books are not included is because they did not line up. They did not sync up with the rest of the Bible. People are like, oh, do you ever read the book of Enoch? Well, it's all kind of stuff in there you need to read. No, I don't. You better put that down. Because what's in there Oh, there's some good stuff in there. Maybe, but it doesn't line up with the rest of Scripture. All of Scripture must be coordinated. God breathed the Word of God into people, into men. They wrote, 
as they were directed by the Spirit of God, you see. So what we do know about Enoch was Enoch, the book of Jude tells us, I think it's Jude, give me Jude chapter 1, verse 14. Jude 1, 14. Jude 1, 14. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam. This is, this is about all we know about Enoch. Enoch, the seventh from Adam. What does that mean? Is, what that means is Adam was first, and the next generation, next generation, the seventh generation was Enoch. And the Bible says he prophesied about these men also. Because Enoch was living in a, in a, in a very, very wicked time, a corrupt time. Enoch's son was a man named Methuselah. How many ever heard of Methuselah? Methuselah is known to have lived the longest of all men in, in, in his, history. Enoch, uh, Methuselah lived for how long? 900 or what? 69, 969 years. The longest man ever to live in history. Methuselah. You know, look at somebody and say, boy, you look older than Methuselah. <laughs> That's where they get that from, Methuselah. That's Enoch's son. And Methuselah had a son named Lamech. Lamech had a son named Noah. Noah's name means he will save us from this toil. Which meant that we know, if you read Genesis 6, wickedness was in the earth so bad that God said, that's it. I got to wipe this whole thing out and start all over. That's the times that Enoch was living in. And in the midst of that, he pleased God. So what you understand then, the reason why the other people did not please God because they were not people of faith, because faith controls your lifestyle. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to come over here. Faith controls your lifestyle. When you believe God and take him at his word, it controls your lifestyle. You don't have time for anything else. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to act and live in any other kind of way because my faith tells me God exists. Remember, I must believe that he is. That's the next verse, verse 6, Hebrews 11, 6. I'll get into that later. I'm going to try to, try to finish that tonight. I'm hoping. So Enoch is a seventh son from, is a seventh generation from Adam. So he is Adam's great, 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 great grandson. Right? Now, Enoch pleased God. Enoch walked with God. Is that what that we read here? And he was not found because God had taken him before. Before this, he was taken, he had this testimony, okay? So he's walking with God. God took him. Now, took him doesn't mean he killed him. That's, what, that's what the kind of terms people use in church today. Oh, God took another one. I mean, they died. No, that's, no, if God takes you, you don't die. Come on, Elijah. When God took Elijah, he sent a chariot of fire to get him. So God doesn't take people through death. That's the enemy. Right, exactly. That's the enemy. Are y'all seeing this here tonight? So, so, 
Remember, before he, was, before he was taken. Now, your King James will say before he was translated. Okay, he says uh, he was uh, translated. Before he was translated, he had his testimony, please God. Right, D? Yes, so he was or was not. Which meant God, God took him to be right there with him. Yeah. Remember how God used to walk with Adam? Yes. God would come down and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Now, after Adam sinned, the, each generation got more wicked. Now, not necessarily Adam's seed. If you were to trace, read from Adam all the way down to, to, to Enoch and even to Noah, these men, his sons, they walked with God. But Enoch's walk was so close, so special, so intimate that God said, man, I remember how I used to walk with Adam down there. But I can't come back down there. I'm going to bring you up here. Okay, now let me show you something here. Let me show you something. Okay. Now listen to this, because Enoch was a privileged man. Let me show you why. Okay. He was the seventh from Adam. And we know, he, we know Adam walked with God. Adam, and we don't know how long Adam walked with God before he sinned. So Adam had intimate relationship with God, intimate fellowship rather with God. Okay? Now, when Enoch was born, Adam was 622 years old. Okay? When Enoch was born, remember the seventh generation from Adam, Adam was still on this planet. Wow, that's Y'all got to catch it. Because in your mind, you think, okay, by the time Enoch came along, Adam been gone. But when Enoch was born, Adam was 622 years old. Now listen to this. Adam lived another 308 years after Enoch was born. In other words, if you were to take in your Bible and do a timeline of when each person was born and when each person died, you'll see that Enoch was born when Adam was 622 years old and Adam lived another 308 years after Enoch was born. Now, Adam wasn't living in just outside of Eden and Enoch living over here in Wyoming. They were all in one part of the world, one part. They were all in the same country. They didn't, they didn't spread out. So being family, Adam taught his son, Seth, his grandson, his great-grandson, his great-great-grandson. He taught all of them until he died. So when Adam talks to Enoch, his great, 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 great grandson, he teaches him about walking with God. Yes. How he, he's an eyewitness. He, 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 about how uh, he named all those animals. Come on, what? Come on, D. You, you, got, you have one grandson. You got two more coming. When you sit and talk to them, you, aren't you going to tell them all the stories? Yes. I used to play baseball and football, and you're going to tell them all the stories of your life. What do you think Adam's talking about? Football? No. 
No. Adam's talking about, man, I used to walk with God a cooler day. Adam telling man, I used to go and pluck a mango off a tree, and as soon as I plucked, another one showed up. How he'd walk around and talk with the little elephants, hello, Babar, and he just, you know, he just, oh, he just, I mean, he, he, Adam, this, this is Adam, this is the Adam, this is not some other Adam, this is the Adam, the one that God breathed the breath of life into him, that Adam, that one that God took, put him to sleep and took a rib out of his side and made a woman, this is that Adam. And Enoch has the privilege of talking to his great, 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 great grandfather about God. So in Enoch's mind, there's no question that God exists. Even though other folk have gotten off into wickedness and sin and worshiping idol gods, Enoch said, no, my granddaddy talked to me about God. I believe my granddaddy. My great, 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 great granddaddy told me about God himself. And he knows how God feels about sin. He knows about how God feels about wickedness. He knows how God feels. And Enoch, you even read about Enoch's father and grandfather and so forth. These, these are ones who, who the Bible said would, they would cry out to God. In the midst of all the wickedness, they were crowd to God. So they had a legacy of faith. A legacy of walking with God. This wasn't the lineage of Cain. This was the lineage of Seth. Cain messed up and Cain went out somewhere. But this is Seth's line. It's the same line that a few generations later you get a man named Abraham. It's the same line. It's the same line. We notice from Genesis 3.15 that God is working his redemption plan from the very beginning. Are y'all seeing this here? So Enoch is well acquainted with God. And his faith makes him serve God in the midst of wickedness. Serve God when everybody else is, I mean, you read what happened when by the time Noah comes along, boy, it's, it's bad. And, and Enoch, he's like, I'm not about that life. I don't know what all, what all the other brothers or cousins was doing, but I imagine Enoch was probably just hanging out with Adam. Y'all, y'all, does that help y'all realize? We, we're talking about that Adam. We're not 42 generations later. We're talking about seven generations later. Or six later, rather. So he's, he's, he's well acquainted with God. He believed, even though he doesn't, he's not seen God. His granddaddy did. So let me tell you about God. He probably described to him the, the glory that he was arrayed in. 
when he was in the Garden of Eden, before sin came along, how Adam was in fire from the loins up and the loins down. Adam was walking his glory. When he'd hear the voice of God walk in the cooler today, just hanging out with God. This utter perfection of beauty. And so Enoch, he takes to that. And the Bible says, by faith, Enoch was taken away. Now, he wasn't using his faith to be taken away. Hallelujah. It, 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 just, just like when you read later on when it says, uh, by faith the walls of Jericho came down. The walls of Jericho weren't using faith. The faith of Joshua and all the people brought Jericho's walls down. When it says here, by faith Enoch was taken away, he wasn't using his faith to be taken away. He's using his faith to live. His faith caused him to walk so close with God that he was well pleasing to God. Using his faith when there's pressure all around him to hang out with the boys and do what everybody else is doing and to get in all the corruption and the wickedness of the world. He says, no, my faith says I believe God exists. And I believe he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. My God. So y'all go ahead and play and do all what you want to, but my faith says God is real. I believe God. I believe God. And rather than give up my intimacy that I have with God, I'm going to use my faith to keep walking. Even though, even as I heard Dad, Dad saying Friday night, that even though as a faith man, I'm part of the few. I'm not going to go with the many. I'm part of the few, but I'm part of the few by faith. It takes faith to be part of the few. It takes faith to, be, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It takes faith to go down that narrow road, that straight gate. It takes faith. So the Bible says, few, few there be that find it. That road leads to life. Few there be that find it. Because only a few are going to apply their faith and believe God and take him at his word. And no matter what anybody else says or does, I'm going to stay with God. And Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Now look at what it says here. Man. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away. Watch this. So that he did not see death. So that he did not see death. Now, Romans 5.14 says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. R-E-I-G-N-E-D. Death reigned. Death ruled the earth from Adam to Moses. And here is, here is, here is Enoch, the seventh generation between Adam and Moses, and the Bible says God took him so he didn't see death. Oh, y'all not catching. In other words, 
force, it doesn't matter what's raining in the earth. It doesn't matter what's ruling in the earth. If you will use your faith, walk by faith and please God, God will take you so what is raining over other people does not rain over you in your life. Did y'all catch that tonight? You don't have to be under anything. When you walk with God, he'll put you on top of everything else. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death ruled from Adam to Moses. Death controlled, death determined how you left here. Come on now. Yeah, we know, we know Adam and, and Seth and Methuselah and Lamech and all them, they lived a long time, but still, when, when it was time up, death. But God said, no, this guy is walking with me so closely. He's working his faith so strong, keeping him out of the wickedness of this world. He's escaped the corruption of this in, the world, in this world through lust. So that's what Peter said, that God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises whereby we are partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me, let me say it again. <laughs> He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises by which we are made partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We escape the corruption that's in corruption. Death is corruption. It's here because of lust, because of sin, because of evil desire. And he said, but he makes us partakers of his divine nature. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of his divine nature. So the, so the death and corruption did not have an effect on, on Enoch because God took him. King James says he was translated. Now, let me help you, because some of y'all are looking, looking like, well, I'm not translated, you know, the rapture's going to come. I, I know the rapture's going to come one day, and we're all going to be translated in, a, in, in that regard. But the word translated simply means move from one place or condition to another. Oh, that, that didn't excite anybody. Move from one place or condition to another. Y'all missed it still. Move. I know you're not ready to go to heaven yet. But he can move you from one place or condition. So whatever condition that you've been in, if you would walk by faith and not by sight, if you walk by faith that pleases God, God will translate you out of that condition, out of that broken condition, out of that debt condition, out of that sickness condition, out of that disease condition, out of that depressed condition, out of that guilt condition, out of that sin condition, from one place to another, from one condition to another, so that you don't see death. So your business does not die. So your marriage does not die. So your dream does not die. So your career does not die. So your family does not die. So your ministry does not die. Come on. Come on. There's a lot more deaths than you just being in a morgue in a, in a funeral home. He says, because of his faith, God took him. God translated him. God moved him from one place so he did not see death. And if God would do that for him, he'll do it for you. 
I don't mean taking you from here to over yonder. I mean moving you from one level to another. From one dimension of your life to another so that you don't see death. <laughs> because death reigned from Adam to Moses. Because of one man's offense, death reigned. But not because of another man's obedience. If you and I have received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we shall reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Do y'all see that here? He was translated. Everybody say he was translated. That word translate from the Greek, the Greek, Strong's G3346, Metatathemi, metatathemi, which means to transfer, transport, exchange, change sides, or pervert. That word pervert means to twist, twist things around, like there's a twist in your in the plot. Y'all know what a plot twist is. In other words, when everything's going one way, all of a sudden, whoa, what? That was a twist. Anybody ready for a plot twist in your life? Carry over, change, remove, translate, turn. How does this happen? Faith. Your faith is what God uses to move you from one place to another. Not all your connections. Not all your natural wisdom and who you know and what you know and all your education you got for 10, 20 years. No, 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 no. Your faith. God will use your faith. If you walk in a way that pleases him, he will translate you so that you don't see death. I declare nothing else dies in your life. I'll receive that. I declare nothing else dies in your life. Nothing else dies in your life. Nothing else dies. Nothing else. Nothing else dies in your life. From this day forward, everything that you face, God's going to translate you, transfer you, transpose you, change you, carry over, turn things around, twist your plot. Hallelujah. Okay. Said nothing else dies in my life. Hallelujah. By faith, Enoch was taken away, translated, so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him or translated him. For before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. That he pleased God. Is that your testimony? Yes, sir. That you please in God? Yes, well, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, I love everybody. Wonderful. It didn't say without love, it's impossible to please him. Well, love. We just need to love more. We need to love everybody. Wonderful. You should love everybody. 
but without faith. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find, he didn't say nothing about love. So will the Son of Man find faith in the earth? Hallelujah. Well, no, the Bible says the greatest of these is love. Okay, let me explain to you 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now, by faith, hope, charity, or faith, hope, love, the greatest of these is love. Well, you got to understand, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we know faith is, faith gives hope its substance. And faith works by love. So the only reason love is the greatest is because faith works by love. Love is the, is the juice for your faith. Because your faith won't work if you're not loving, if you don't walk in love. Verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. So, simply put, here's the faith that pleases God. Number one, faith comes to God. Is that what it said? For he who comes to God. So, faith comes to God. Faith doesn't run to the doctor first. And call on Jesus as a last resort. Ooh, good. Faith comes to God. <laughs> when you're in faith, I'm talking about the faith that pleases God. God is never your last resort. He's never the last thought. You can't walk by faith and pray. You know, you go through your whole day, never pray, and then at, before you go to bed, I'm gonna lay me down to sleep and pray to the Lord my soul to keep. You're not walking in faith. You've walked all day on your own accord. And hopefully lucked your way back home. No, faith comes to God. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. So faith, if you have faith in God, you come to God. Y'all see that? Second Chronicles 20, 12. Joshua said, our eyes are upon you. Yes. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Faith comes to God. Yes. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but my eyes are upon you. I come to God. Yes. I know this is simple for y'all educated people, but this is, I'm just showing you faith. Faith comes to God. Faith comes to God. I can go to God in prayer. <laughs> faith comes to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who are you going to call? God. Amen. Who are you going to trust? God. Amen. Who are you going to rely on? God. <laughs> when all hell breaks loose, who are you going to go to? God. When everything is going well, who are you going to go to? God. Faith comes to God. You see that? This is simple, but it's just it's right there in, in, our, in our faces. If it was a snake, it would have bitten you. For they, he who comes to God. He's the same without faith is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God. That's the first order of faith. You come to God. 
That's I, I know it. It's too plain for y'all. Y'all, y'all are so deep that y'all have a y'all struggling to get that. Some of y'all are so deep you think you know it and you don't. Because you go to everybody else and, and their mama and pay everybody else for wisdom and advice. But faith comes to God. I, I told I told it, said that this morning in the morning prayer. That people, people will spend thousands of dollars for a weekend seminar and not spend one weekend fasting and praying and talking to God. For free. Why? No faith. Or faith in man. Or faith in the wisdom of man. As opposed to faith in God. Because if you have faith in God, I don't need to pay you $10,000. I can fast and pray one weekend and get the wisdom. And the Proverbs 8 says, wisdom from, from wisdom's mouth comes excellent things. Superior things. Right things. Faith comes to God. Before you get married, faith comes to God. Before you launch out on a business, faith comes to God. Before you choose that house or that school, faith comes to God. This is, this is, this is, boy. <laughs> faith comes to God. Number two, faith believes that God, that God exists. Faith believes that God exists. That's why you come to God. Is that what the Bible said? He who, who comes to God must believe that he is? Now, I know y'all faith giants think you got this, but faith believes that he is. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe he exists. Faith believes he exists. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. You can raise your hand if you want to. If you don't, you don't have to. It's for you at home too. How many of you in walking with God all these years, been saved, has there ever come in your mind a question about the existence of God? Yes. Okay, I want to make sure. I'm not by myself because I'm putting my hand up. Y'all are, oh, no, no, I know God is real. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I understand. But there have been times when the devil has put thoughts in my mind about, is this all really real? Is it really? Come on, help me out. Is this all really real? We're going to church. We're singing these songs, giving money, doing all these things we do, praying, and the devil say, now, is this, is this really real? Or are we on the Truman Show? Or is, this, is somebody like, is this all a big farce? But faith, if faith is in your heart, faith will rise up in the midst of those satanic thoughts and say, yes, God is real. He's really in my soul. Yes, God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. I mean, 
And you, you know from experience, I don't just have a, 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 a thought about him. I have experiential knowledge that he is real and he's real to me. And what settles it is if you hear his voice. You can ride on that for the rest of your life when you hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. What's of a stranger they will not follow. So not only do I believe, not only do I come to God, but I believe that he is. I believe he's real. 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Look at what it says here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle. Oh, I gave you the wrong scripture. Mm-mm, that's not it. Hallelujah. Man, I, I, I missed it. Where Paul talks about, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. He talked about even being persuaded. Hallelujah. Let's see if I can find it here. 2 Timothy 1.12. Okay, I left the two off there. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. You see that? That he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. I know whom I, in whom I have believed. So I go from question territory into declaration territory. I know whom I, I have believed. Y'all got this here? Thank you, Lord. Last thing. Last thing. He who believes, who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. So faith believes in God's reward system. Faith believes in God's reward system. What kept Enoch going? in the midst of all the sin and, and wickedness around him. Faith that God was going to reward him. You can't have faithfulness without faith. Did you catch that? You, you, you can't have faithfulness without faith. The reason why people are faithful is because they believe something. An unfaithful person does not believe something. They start to believe something else. That's what we call unbelief. The Bible says a faithful man will abound with blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Habakkuk, when the Bible says uh, in Habakkuk, the just shall live by his faith, you read, many translations, it'll spell it out. The just shall live by his faith and faithfulness. His faith and faithfulness. Faith will produce faithfulness. Enoch remained faithful to God in the midst of a wicked wicked world because of his faith. He believed in the reward of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
We used to sing a song growing up. Put your time in, payday is coming after a while. Put your time in, payday is coming after a while. <laughs> now, what we were talking about was keep serving God. Don't go back out in the world. Because there is profit in serving God. I must believe that God is a reward of those who diligently seek him. So my faith believes in God's reward system. Psalm 86, verse 6 and 7. Wrap this up here. Psalm 86, verse 6 and 7. Put it on the screen for me, please. Psalm 86, verse 6 and 7. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. Verse 7. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. The reason I'm going to call upon you is because you will answer me. That's God's reward. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not of. So God has a reward system. Faith always goes to God because he's going to answer me. He's going to reward me. I thought you were talking about with houses and cars. Yeah, he'll do all that stuff too. But the fact that he just answers you is a reward. That means you're not crying out blindly to anybody. Can you imagine all the folk who are out there and they're bowing, bowing to Allah every day, praying seven times a day to Allah, and he never answers? The people who bow down to all the Hindu God, all the Hindu gods, I mean, 10,000 plus gods. People doing all the yoga and all the twists and everything they're doing, and he never answers back. Got Buddhas in the front yard, Buddhas in the backyard, Buddhas, Buddhas in the kitchen. Buddha, Buddha everywhere, and Buddha don't say nothing. Come on now. The fact that our God answers. You remember in 1 Kings chapter 18 when Elijah had this showdown with the prophets and all the people were serving these false gods, serving Baal, and Elijah said, hey, how long are y'all between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. We have a showdown. Bring your sacrifice. We're going to do this thing. He said, and the God who answers by fire, let him be God. You and I have a God who will answer us. You and Start right there. And if he answers you, you know he's going to come back with a blessing. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. That's God's reward system. So if I have faith, what do I do? I seek, I seek first God's kingdom. I seek first God's kingdom. Thank you, Lord. I, well, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it so strongly. I'm so bent on that that I don't seek anything else. You know, when you read that in Matthew 6, when it says, seek first the kingdom of God, you read over, over in the book of Luke, chapter 12, it just says, seek the kingdom. It doesn't say first. It just says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He took the first out of it. 
<laughs> Just seek the kingdom. If I seek the, king, the kingdom, what am, I, what am I doing? I'm coming to God. I'm believing that he is. And I'm believing that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. My faith keeps me going. And it doesn't matter if every pastor in the world hangs up their, their Bible and their robe and say, I'm going back in the world. Not me. My faith says I'm going to keep serving God. Why? He, I know he's real. I know he's alive. And I know if I, if I serve him, we just sing another song. If I live right, heaven belongs to me. If I live right, heaven belongs to me. Y'all just saying that too? Yeah, they're all the same beat. All the same tune. All these songs. Get on your feet. Let's, let's close out here. If you live right, heaven belongs to you. If you live right, heaven belongs to you. If you live right, heaven belongs to you. Oh, heaven belongs to you. If you pray right, that's what we used to sing that. If you do right, heaven belongs to you. There's a reward in serving God. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Faithfulness is a byproduct, is a byproduct of your faith. Thank you, Lord. You keep going because you believe something. If you're faithful on a workout plan, faithful on an on a eating plan, it's because you believe something. Faithful in school is because you believe something. If I get this paper, if I get this degree, there's something on the other side of that. Faithful at work because you believe from Friday, I'm going to get paid. If you doubted that, that you were going to get paid, you wouldn't, you would be faithful. I don't feel like it. Right? Enoch walked with that kind of faith. I mean, I want you to imagine the time he's living in, that it got so bad, God said, I got to destroy the whole planet. I mean, it's bad now. I mean, you look around us now, you're like, oh, it's crazy. But back then it was so bad. And yet Enoch stayed the course. So much so, God said, you come up here. You come up here. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know. This is a side note. I don't know. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that during the tribulation period, there's going to be two prophets that rise up. God's going to send two prophets who are going to preach. And they'll be slain in the street. And the Bible says when they're slain in the street, the people, because they hate them so much, will not even bury them in graves. They're going to leave their dead bodies on the ground to rot and decay for three days. Well, they leave, leave it for just to rot and decay, but the Bible says after three days, they're going to be raised up again. Now, we can only speculate, but the Bible says it is appointed to every man 
wants to die. The death of the judgment. There are only two men in the Bible that you read who never saw death. Enoch and Elijah. The Bible says these would be two prophets. Well, we know Elijah's a prophet, but did you know Enoch was a prophet? Jude, Jude chapter 1 verse 14, Enoch prophesied. So Enoch was a prophet. In fact, he's the first recorded prophet in the Bible. Now, I'm not building a doctrine on that, so don't hold me to that in case I'm wrong. You know, pastor, pastor said it was going to be Enoch. And it wasn't Enoch. You shouldn't even be here to find out. <laughs> what you doing down there? Don't take that mark. But um, we shall see. Amen. That's enough about that. Lord, thank you tonight for the word that we receive. I thank you, Father, that you have given us proof in your word of the blessings and the rewards of faith. And you've made your faith available to us. Your word says, Father, you've given to each and every one of us the measure of faith. So we can use that measure and even grow in faith. The more we take in your word, the more we ex exercise our faith, we can grow in faith so that we can walk in a way that pleases you, Lord. Faith and faithfulness will please you. We want to be those that you find in this earth. Your word says, uh, every man will speak of his own way, but a faithful man who can find. God, we want you, you to be able to look at us and find faithful men and faithful women in the earth. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? We want to be the Father that if we're here, when Jesus Christ comes, that he finds faith in us. Now, Father, I pray that you help us to do the self-examinations on a regular basis to make sure we are always in faith, always walking and living in a way that pleases you. We make it our aim to be well-pleasing to you, Father. Lord, we, we make a vow that we will not uh, cast away our confidence your word says your, that the confidence, this faith, has a great recompense of reward. Faith has great rewards. So, Lord, we will not turn back. We will not draw back to perdition. But we are of those who press forward to the saving of the soul. God, I pray that each and every one of these, your people, that as we grow in faith, our lives will always be well-pleasing to you. It's our prayer. We thank you that it's so. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Put those hands together.